Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Leudim, Shalom Le'Bnei Noach, Shalom Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Yud Gimel Bekislev, Parashas Yishlach, Tafshin Pei Beis, 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 16 November 2021. You're listening to the program, program podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from Israel, waking up to a new threat, the threat of the enemy within, the Arabs within. The Arabs are a violent people. Anyone who follows the news out of the Middle East cannot deny that. Look at what the Syrians have done to themselves over the last decade. Half the country's people are homeless. Refugees uh, who fled abroad or to another part of the country when their home was demolished. The fighting in Yemen continues between the Iran-backed Houthis and their Saudi-backed rivals. For a thousand years until the 1950s, early 60s, Yemen was run by Shia imams of the Zaydi sect, and Iran would like to restore the country to that status quo ante, with the Sunnis, backed by the Saudis, resisting. Lebanon, likewise, has always been riven by subnational clashes among the numerous religious communities. Iraq is riven with Sunni-Shia strife, and here the Muslim brothers in Eretz Israel and in Gaza, and their rivals in Fatah, they've never been able to unify. And so in Israel, violence in the Arab colonies and that's what I call the Arab communities here, for they are not us Zionists, the true settler colonists here, representing the crusading Muslim empire. Violence among them has risen to record levels as civil management has lost out to criminal gangs. This is in addition to the Bedouin to the south of Beersheba, who in recent years have embittered the lives of the Jews in the south with their vandalism and their burglary. Last Sunday, there was a homicidal Arab family feud at the entrance to Soroka Hospital that terrorized the Jewish staff and patients inside. We will uh, ruminate on what to do about this and uh, likewise take up the plague in the states of sexual insanity and its relationship to the wrecking of America in general by President Brandon. And we'll get started uh, after a few words from IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Shalom Leudim, Shalom Lebanay Noach, Shalom Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Yud Gimel Bekislev, Parashas Yishlach Tavshin Pei, Beis 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 16 November 2021. You're listening to the program, program podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Coming to you from Israel, waking up to a new threat. 
my usual focus, of course, as you know, uh, are the political, politicidal Muslims who surround us on three sides and the world's anti-Jews who support them with Israeli domestic politics uh, more annoying than interesting. They usually bore me and embarrass me. You know, the musical chairs, the politicians are forever playing in uh, jumping parties, inventing new parties. The Russian horror, the terrible language, uh, sniping at one another in the Knesset, uh, running elections that are a world-class embarrassment. Two nights ago, though, a um, burgeoning domestic problem burgeoned again. In recent months, Israel has had to take note of the situation in the Arab settlements dominated by criminal gangs inflamed enough uh, to uh, launch their pogroms last May to physically attack Israeli police and warn them to stay out of their turf. For months, even years now, we have heard of the situation in Beersheba in the south and Omer, its suburb, plagued by Bedouin thugs, burglars, protection artists, sexual predators, well, on Sunday in the South, an episode of the Ishmaelitic version of the Hatfields and the McCoys erupted in which two Bedouin families tried to kill each other at the entrance to Soroka Hospital in Belsheva. And these two families are from Lahat. Uh, that's a town nearby that the shallow and foolish secular Israelis built for them. Uh, these people are Bedouin uh, who came in from the desert living in Rahat, as opposed to those still in the desert, the Negev. What erupted uh, was a gang fight, a brawl, which seems to have started in Rahat in a clash between at least one uh, member of each family. These two families have a record of hatred between them, and this led to uh, the combatant antagonists uh, stabbing each other. Then they both went to Soroka for treatment, accompanied by family members, I believe. Wild asses of men, both families are, who found themselves face-to-face at the entrance to the hospital, at which point... True to their Hamitic, Ishmaelitic nature, they clashed. So the barbarians there were stabbing and shooting fellow barbarians. Four among them would require hospitalization in the hospital built by Jews. Twenty were arrested. And so it was another news item about violence among the Arabs that Israel has to put up with or do something about. Israel's greatest mistake ever was made in 1948 when the Goy, that is the government of Israel, the new one, gave the Arabs here who did not run away in our war for independence and were left alone citizenship. Uh, and that was because of the de-Judaized, de-religionalized Zionist leaders who recoiled from creating a state that would be solely Jewish. What they wanted was to be among the nations, like Bibi's book, A Place Among the Nations. And they wanted basically to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted a state for the Jewish people, but also a modern Gentile-style liberal democracy in which one's religion is a wholly private affair and should uh, never lead to uh, the diminishment of rights in a society. Uh, they wanted to treat the Arabs decently, uh, only to these Arabs with citizenship in the state of Israel. To this day, they, they cannot sing the country's national anthem, which is evidence of the primal mistake in 1948. The founders saw themselves as enlightened people, and their Zionism had nothing to do with wanting to abuse Arabs. Uh, the land was largely barren, and there was room for both communities. And the deeper truth is that the founders did not want the country to be, well, too Jewish, too cliquish and clannish and tribal and exclusivist. And they wanted a place among the nations. Uh, that's Bibi's book title. Their sin 
was not wanting to be any longer a people that dwells alone. The book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 9. And by awarding Arabs citizenship, Israel could see itself as a uh, non-exclusivist, multi-culti society. Israel had no interest in either exploiting or uh, oppressing the Arabs. Indeed, in the Israeli legal system, no distinction would be made between Jews and Arabs. We were all citizens. The secular Zionists wanted a modern liberal democracy, and those routinely do not take religious identities into legal account. But the fact remains that no self-respecting Arab citizen to this day can sing the Israeli national anthem, and that, because that speaks of Jewish hearts pining for this country for 2,000 years. What we saw last May during the missile barrage out of Gaza, launched by the Muslims there, uh, sleepwalking Israelis, call these people Palestinians, their brethren inside the country erupted in a pogrom in various locales. A Jew was murdered, a synagogue torched, I think other Jews wounded, Torah scrolls were torn. Sixty Jewish shops in Akko destroyed. Hundreds of Jewish cars in Lod set on fire. The Bedouin occupation of Arnegev has also reached a critical mass, and we are under no obligation to tolerate the kind of barbaric third-world violence that took place at the entrance to the hospital the other day. Israel might be better off studying and learning from our Muslim neighbors who rule in 56 officially Muslim states, with surely some non-Muslims living in them, and surely these states have a place for Sharia law in the public square, uh, no matter the presence of non-Muslims there. In fact, in the four centuries of Turkish rule in Eretz Yisrael, their legal system included the millet system, as it was called, in which, contrary to a secular Western democracy, that system did take into account one's religion and religious community, and uh, there was no equality between the religious communities ruled over by Muslim authorities. Israel might profit from a study of that millet system, how it worked, and perhaps adopt some of its mechanisms and principles. For example, since Israel was brought to life by Jews sick and tired of being the defenseless victims of violent Gentiles, the Knesset might add to its basic laws, that's its pseudo-constitution, a law stating that the worst crime in the state of Israel a goy can commit is to be violent against a Jew, a crime punishable by expulsion from Israel, which, when you think about it, is really a most humane response. Why bother to uh, harm the violent goy, punish him with imprisonment at the taxpayer's expense? He should just be told to get out of our country and go live someplace else. This, by the way, was the response of the first Jew in history, Avraham Avinu, our father Abraham, who expelled his firstborn son, Ishmael, father of the Arabs, who, though a human being in every material sense, had almost, in a Darwinian sense, an atavistic, primal spirit that was animalistic. He was a per-adam, wild ass man, it's translated, Genesis chapter 16, verse 12, an undomesticated jackass. And I would add, infected with a bad case of rabies that turns otherwise lovable pet dogs into murderous, salivating hounds from hell. Arabs engaged in violence against Jews or like those gang fighters at our hospital's entrance, terrifying patients and staff within, they should all immediately be expelled from the country with the clothes on their backs. For sure, if we do that, the Gentiles will shriek, Apartheid! Racist denial of civil rights, the right to counsel, trial by jury of one's peers, 
Yeah, sure. A jury of of the peers of these uh, 17-year-old Arab males throwing rocks uh, at the head of a Jew driving a car. Uh, they're entitled to a jury of their peers, eh? Other homicidal Hamitic brutes. Were Israel to legislate a law like that, for sure, the woke, the enlightened, the progressive, the socialist, anti-imperialist would howl like jackals at Israel for its racist, fascist abuse of the putatively primeval Palestinian people living peacefully in their ancient homeland until those settler-colonial Jews barged in and stole Palestine from them. But I think Israel will be a much happier country when it girds its spiritual loins, does what is right, and doesn't care what the Goyim think of us. Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. 
But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For a lighten up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Yeah, uh, Israel in the past used to use expulsion uh, for the terrorist cell gang leaders, uh, but over time, Israel stopped. And if memory serves, the practice ended when the serial retreater Yitzhak ben Nehemia Rabin knuckled under to American pressure to return territory chieftains that the IDF had scooped up and deposited in Lebanon. It's in the first intifada, if I recall. Uh, Right after the uh, verses, right after the glorious and miraculous Six-Day War, a mullah was sermonizing in his pulpit, his minbar, in uh, Al-Aqsa, and he shrieked to believers in attendance the necessity of resisting the Israeli occupation violently, after which uh, sermon he was arrested, put in a car, driven down to the Allenby Bridge, and kicked out of the country. Do that today, and world anti-Jewry will have a fit and start foaming at the mouth like rabid dogs, because racist Israel has no right to expel an ancient Palestinian from his ancient homeland. In recent months and years, uh, we've been hearing of the rising fear among Jews in Beersheba and uh, environs, its suburb of Omer, Omer, and other Jewish communities in the south. Maybe you saw the news last week, just out of Egypt, of a weird weather condition that swept armies of scorpions into populated areas. Hundreds of people have been stung. Three so far have died. Well, in a similar way, Beersheba and environs have been invaded and stung so to speak, by the Bedouin to the south, for whom, as Arabs, they have no conscience when it comes to stealing. They're also like the Barbary pirates, uh, who were protection artists in the south. They've been known to threaten a Jew's property and business if he does not pay up. Israel has to put its foot down in the face of what it has to do, and that is to go to war with the violent Arabs within, to reestablish absolute dominance which will result in uh, Gentiles abroad shrieking racist genocide. Okay, so they will. Israel needs leaders to tell such goyim and anti-Jews that this state came to life in reaction to the endless homicidal abuse of Gentiles. Uh, Like our critics, only now we are back home and we will not tolerate gratuitous violence against us and we will do whatever is necessary to maintain our lively, vital little country as a nice place to live in. Following that gang fight with lethal weapons, the Prime Minister said the problem needs to be dealt with or by the year 2030, that's uh, nine years from now, Israel will be unlivable. And I agree. And I also advise the need of Israelis to not care what the Goyim say about us, vilify us. We must do whatever is necessary to stamp violence out among the Arabs here with citizenship. And for starters, I think the most humane way is to arrest the gangsters at the hospital on Sunday and kick them out of the country. No trial, no respect for their civil rights in a liberal democracy, and we can do that if we amend Israeli law, prescribing different punishments for Jewish criminals and for Muslim criminals, because the two cultures are so different. We are civilized and they are sub-civilized. A couple of weeks ago, the National Police rounded up scores of gangsters in the north and seized weapons of all kinds, uh, with more good news of the decision the other day by IDF Chief of Staff Aviv Kochavi, 
to rewrite the principles for soldiers regarding when to open fire with live ammunition. Until today, like city cops, you know, you only go for your weapon to defend yourself uh, when reasonably threatened, but the new regulation will license soldiers using to use killing force against thieves and Arab drug smugglers, and especially for that first category of thieves because of the estimated 400,000 illegal weapons in the hands of Arabs with citizenship, they buy them from thieves who burglarize army bases and have connections with corrupt soldiers in uniform who think nothing of stealing weapons to sell to Arab gangsters. Official Israel has to face the painful truth of the failure of the founders who wanted to, so to speak, uh, square the circle to create a Jewish and democratic state. That's still a war cry among the left in this country. Jewish and democratic meaning Jewish and not Jewish. Uh, it was an impossible dream then, then and remains one due to the inability of the Arabs to sing the national anthem. The fact That fact has to be faced and addressed as never before. The presence of this Arab minority and their very different culture among us. Israel is surrounded on three sides by some 550 million non-Jews, most of them Muslims, living in states that officially are Muslim states and surely with a special place for Sharia law in them, and Israel could profit from thinking along those lines. One legal system for Jews, Christians, and Druze, and another for Muslims. Apartheid, racist, fascist, Islamophobes. The anti-Jews will cry out, but so what? No matter what we do, except for committing suicide, God forbid, it never pleases the anti-Jews. Among the Goyim and their traitorous collaborators inside the Jewish left, it is good news that Israeli soldiers now will have the right to shoot dead anyone who steals weapons from the army. It is estimated that of the 400,000 illegal weapons in Arab hands, 70% were stolen from army installations and police uh, arsenals. Uh, these are weapons of death, and preventing a thief from stealing them by killing him prevents the killing of others. It saves the lives of others to do that. Israel has to face the reality that while the majority of the 20% of Israel's citizens who are Arabs are themselves not violent, an ungodly percentage of them are. We saw this last May among the riots, uh, the rioters, the looters, the rock-throwing mobs. And one way to confront their presence is by strengthening the Jewish identity of this state and not fearing to be smeared as racists and Islamophobes, a word worthy of Orwell's futuristic corruption of uh, language. Uh, in 1984, that he called news speak. <laughs> How prophetic. And it's a fact, as Tucker Carlson observed last night, the MS men in America no longer broadcast the truth, but slander. The truth does not matter to them. Ignorance is strength, war is peace, freedom is slavery. That was news speak. And in today's version, Islamophobia is uh, another evil lie, a perversion of language. Phobia is the Greek word for fear that Sigmund Freud chose to label baseless fears so that Islamophobia means fear of Islam is baseless. <laughs> when anyone who has followed the news over the last half century and counting knows that to, that to be a whopping gal galactic lie, the horrors that Islam has inflicted upon the world since 1968 are legion starting with the PLO's wave of terror inside Israel and then abroad, the hijacking of commercial airliners and holding their passengers as hostages in order to free terrorists from prisons, the planting of bombs on other airliners to blow them up in mid-flight. 
1972, they turned the Olympic Games, symbolizing peaceful competition between peoples, into a slaughterhouse. I recently took a series of uh, four flights, meaning I had to endure four annoying trips through those airport security lines, uh, measures uh, installed thanks to Muslims. So fear of Muslims is not a phobia. Likewise, homophobia, meaning an irrational fear of, what, men sodomizing one another? There's nothing irrational, irrational about that. Exhibit number one for the defense has been the scourge of AIDS, a most horrible affliction which connects to the climate change cultists, those neo-pagan tree-huggers, when it comes to their hypocrisy about nature. They so love the environment and green energy and the air we breathe, but when it comes to the natural and unnatural use of the organs of reproduction and evacuation, nature is ignored, dismissed, judged old-fashioned. How hypocritical and ironic, no less, is the demand by Biden and company that everyone get vaccinated. You people have no say in the matter. You must do as told. But when it comes to abortion, it's my body and I'll do what I want with it. America has gone simply insane. And it's no accident. The insanity ma manifests in sexual craziness. There's a connection between the racists calling everybody else racists, the criminal race theorists, such as that school board in Loudoun County, Virginia, forcing their lunacy on their school children uh, and the boys and that allowed boys to use the girls' room. It led to heterosexual rape and sodomy by a boy wearing a skirt. This is the true intersectionality the pseudo-intellectual woke dopes on campuses fail to see. The crazy connection between the Biden's wrecking of America and the plague of sexual perversion all over the country.
Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. <laughs> sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the No Nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. So yes, I think uh, there's a connection between the legitimizing of sexual perversion uh, covered up by the letters LGBT, etc., and they defund the police stupidity and ignorance of human history. It's not a coincidence that Joe Biden, on his first day in office, pronounced white supremacy, the great threat to America, without naming even one leader of this alleged uh, movement, and that in all federal buildings, same day he said, boys who think they are girls can use the ladies' room. There's a connection between the collapse of biblical sexual morality and the throwing of holy water on sexual perversion, starting with the sodomites, camouflaged as gays, and the breakdown of law and order. Last night I saw on Fox uh, Bethany Mandel, a young woman, you know, the odds are high, a uh, daughter of Israel, intelligent, brave, conservative activist who has set out, about, set out to publish biographies for children of American heroes to counter the CRT Hate America villains who reported that all the literary agents she contacted wanted nothing but LGBT books. And indeed, the bookstores already have shelves of these poisonous children's volumes promoting sexual perversion. By the way, that's an expression one never hears anymore. What the woke have done with their cancel culture is cancel psychiatry. Leastwise, that part of the practice that uh, has dealt with mental disorders in the realm of Sexual behaviors, which have, which list of disorders used to include homosexuality until removed from the list in 1972. In historical fact, even the word homosexuality was part of a negative trend to jettison the divine laws of the Torah. See chapter 18 in the book of Leviticus. The word homosexuality was invented in the late 19th century by some German doctor meant to displace sodomy as too judgmental, too moralistic, too biblical. The new term was to be scientific, morally neutral. Now even that word is a taboo. Today the political, politically correct lexicon demands the use of uh, the term gay for those who use their organs of reproduction unnaturally. The roots of the current lunacy in society go back centuries, but uh, let's pick it up after a major turning point, which was the invention in the 1960s of the birth control pill and other contraceptive technologies that separated the act of procreation from the pleasure of procreation, as never before. And with that natural connection torn asunder, the social value of sexual propriety went out the window and led to sexual abandon as never before, and led to premarital sex, to adulterous sex, to sexual deviance. I remember when in 1969 uh, the movement began, the, the gays came out of the closet, so to speak. The argument was made by them in the past 
those who did not generate the next generation were called degenerates, and hedonists. But now the gay said, uh, we are now no different from straights, who also have separated the pleasure of procreation from procreation. It's also no coincidence that the lunacy currently weakening America has led to a rise in anti-Semitism to a violent stage never known in American history. There's always been anti-Semitism in America, but traditionally it was commonly social. For decades, it was difficult for Jewish boys to get into a, an Ivy League university, into a law school, a med school. Because of that discrimination, Brandeis University was founded in 1948. But this new phase has been violent as never before, and perhaps there's a spiritual dimension tying it to the tsunami of intermarriage among Jews, which is a polite euphemism for deserting the Jewish people. The intermarriage began in Germany in the early 19th century and ended in Auschwitz. All of my own male first and second cousins did not marry Jewish women. With one exception, he married a Jew, but when they produced a baby boy, they did not circumcise him. They said, we don't believe in that. Rabbi Doe Fisher the other day published some statistics on the non-Orthodox Jews in America, and these statistics are a death sentence, which should not be surprising. But it is a message uh, to the current prime minister, I'm afraid he will not see. He and uh, his religion minister, Matan Kahana, have adopted the foolish and ignorant policy of uh, catering to the reformers in any way. Bennett and Kahana think they will make Israel more attractive to them in order to maintain their traditional political activism on Israel's behalf, perhaps, and maybe even think of making Aliyah, which is just Israeli ignorance of the state of Jews in America, who identify as non-observant, as reform. Bennett and Kahana, I think, walk around in darkness in that regard. When it comes to the non-observant in America, I don't think they understand just how far gone those people are. They have no idea how empty these Jews are of authentic Jewish knowledge, thought, and feelings. All their activists do, can do, is gather once a month some 40 neurotic women at the plaza before the Kotel and demand Israel respect the so-called egalitarian prayer uh, that they practice, influenced by the outer Gentile culture that has gone crazy in the plague of sexual madness. What the Reform want is respect for a denial of the differences between the sexes, so crucial to Judaism, because it's natural. And it's no wonder uh, these uh, Reformers have uh, sodomites and lesbians as imitation rabbis. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah is basic to Jewishness. So basic, it is one uh, confirmed, uh, it's one confirmed eyewitness was none other than Abraham himself. And the message of that story seems to be that a society that goes off the rails sexually will not survive. There's a connection between the fantasy of transgenderism and the Reformed Jews who likewise think blurring the distinctions between men and women is healthy progress. And it's just the opposite. This is more newspeak. There's no such thing as gender, as that word is misused today. An imaginary thing in the body or mind that nobody can locate. It's used as a euphemism for the word sex, ironically enough. It was normal in decades past, when filling out an official form to check the appropriate box labeled sex, M or F. Two days ago on the Washington Free Beacon website, we read of Worcester, Massachusetts, 
whose schools have installed a, a sex education class for elementary school children and high schoolers with the options of parents uh, to keep their kids out of such classes, but unfortunately the most, most are not opting out. These classes encourage sexual perversion. Tragically, more than half the pupils, pupils in them are still attending or will attend. In elementary school, kindergarten to fourth grade pupils are taught about gender identity. And high schoolers are ordered to, quote, act out scenes in which gay and transgender couples decide to have sex. Dear God, the lesson of Sodom and Gomorrah is about how societies die. If this is what's going on in American public schools, the society is in deep trouble. Since the 1970s, the society has looked favorably on sexual deviance, uh, celebrating through gay pride parades in major cities. Once in my lifetime, I unintentionally got to witness one of these. I've had all kinds of jobs, and uh, New York City taxi driver was one of them. And in Manhattan, on most Sundays, there's a parade down Fifth Avenue of mostly ethnic pride groups, but other causes. And one Sunday, I got caught going cross town. The parades march for some blocks until the police halt the parade so that cross-town traffic can proceed. And so I was stopped at an intersection as the gay pride parade passed by, and what I saw was sexual deviance on parade. Men jumping around in women's underwear, acting out juvenile fantasies that they never outgrew, is all about sex. And like Playboy magazine, the floats had nothing to do with having babies and families. It's no wonder that a recent demographic study said that the pioneering communities of mostly Northern Europeans who created America are not reproducing. And that fact is surely the result of societal change, such as the lifting of the opposition to divorce, opposition to fornication, to perverse sex, to pornography. It all leads to uh, no creation. It is also no coincidence that there has been an explosion in common speech of the dirtiest words in the English language. The barrier between polite speech and vulgarity no longer exists. And not coincidentally, what are these dirty words, if not alluding to the lower functions below the belt? Sex, evacuation, the mixing of their functions as the transgender insanity is also about mixing up male and female. And this licentiousness, I believe, also contributes to the new Jew hatred. For it's the Jews whose Bible gave the world the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and the prohibition on wearing the clothes of the opposite sex. That's what transgenderism basically is. It's an addiction self-produced within the mind and body that nonetheless is, like homosexuality and other perversions, as much of an addiction as any chemically ingested substance. These are the most powerful addictions in the world. Okay, this has been the program program brought to you on Israel News Talk Radio by Floridians for the Safety and Security of Israel Institute. The music was heard, was composed and performed by Daniel Ahaviel, Yossi Azulai, and as usual, we will conclude with Yosef Karduner. For those who want more deprogram, program, programming, and feel guilty for getting something for free, go to www.phantom-nation.com, which offers three such podcasts a week. And buy the book Phantom Nation, some have called the best understanding of the war against Israel ever. Until next week, I'm Shai Bentakoa. להתקרב לרבינו
Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page, and don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 